0: section seven of the history of lady julia mandwell this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. dot org the history of lady julia mandwell by frances brooke section seven epistle henry to henry mandwell esq june twenty second the present member of parliament for being in a state of health which renders his life extremely uncertain would be very agreeable to me if dear mr mandwell would think of offering himself a candidate to succeed him i will however be so plain as to tell him he will have no assistance from me except my wishes and has nothing to try- but his merits and the name of mandwell it being a point both of conscience and honour with me never to intermeddle in elections the preservation of our happy constitution depends on the perfect independence of each part of which it is composed and on the other too and the moment grant granted the moment be far distant when the house of lords can make a house of commons liberty and prerogative will cease to be more than names and both prince and people become slaves i therefore always though the town is mine leave the people to their free and uninfluenced choice never interfering farther than to insist on their keeping themselves as unbiased as i leave them i would not only withdraw my favour from but prosecute the man who was base enough to take a bribe though he who offered it was my nearest friend by this means i have the pleasure of also keeping myself free and at liberty to confer favours where i please so that i secure my own independence by not invading that of others this conduct i cannot help thinking if general would preserve the balance of our glorious constitution a balance of much greater consequence to britons than the balance of power in europe though so much less the object of their attention in this we resemble those persons who, whilst they are busied in regulating the domestic concerns of their neighbours, suffer their own to be ruined. But to return from this unintended discretion, you will perhaps object to what I have proposed, that during your father's life you are not qualified for a seat in Parliament. I have obviated this objection. Lady Mary, the only sister of my father, has an ample fortune in her own power to dispose of. Some part of it was originally her own, but much the larger part was left to her by her lover sir charles barton who was killed in queen anne's wars the very morning before he was to have set out for england to complete his marriage being the last of his family he made a will in which he left his estate to lady mary with a request that if she did not marry she would have to leave it to one of the name of mandwell as she loves merit and has the happiness and honour of our house warmly at heart I have easily prevailed on her to settle five hundred a year on you, at the present, and to leave you a good part of the rest at her death. Her design hitherto, I will not conceal from you, has been to leave her fortune to my daughter, of whom she is infinitely fond, but Julia has enough, and by leaving it to you, she more exactly fulfills the will of Sir Charles, who, though he has not expressly made, the distinction, certainly meant it to be a male, of the man name. The estate is about two thousand a year her own fortune of fourteen thousand i shall not oppose her leaving to my daughter i know too well the generous sentiments of your heart to doubt that in procuring this settlement i give to my country a firm and unshaken patriot at once above dependence on the most virtuous court and to mean vanity of opposing the just measures of his prince from a too eager desire of popularity not that i would have you insensible to praise or the esteem of our country but seek it only by deserving it and though it be in part the reward let it not be the motive of your actions let your own approbation be your first view, and that of others only your second you may observe my dear mr mandwell i only caution you against being led away by useful vanity to oppose the just measure of your prince i should wrong the integrity of your heart if i suppose you capable of distressing the hands of government for mercenary or ambitious purpose a virtuous senator will regard not men but measures and will concur with his bitterest enemies in every salutary and honest purpose or rather in a public light he will have no enemies but the enemies of his country it is with caution i give even these generous hints far be it from me to intend to influence your judgment let your opinion ever be free and your own, or where your inexperience may want information, seek it from the best and most enlightened of mankind, your excellent father, who has long sat with honour in the same house. Let me now, my amiable friend, thank you for your obliging attention, not only to the ladies of whom I could no doubt your care, but of my tenants, one of whom writes me word that coming to inquire when I should return, with a look of anxiety which should my return is of consequence to him. You took his aside and inquiring his business found he wanted, from an accident which had involved him in temporary distress, to borrow a hundred for which you gave him a draft on your banker with a goodness and sweetness of manner which doubled the obligation, making only one condition which the overflowing of his gratitude has made him unable to keep-that it should be a secret to all the world. Can lady Mary do too much for a man who thus shews himself worthy of the name of Mandville, the characteristic of which? has ever been the warmest benevolence another would perhaps insist on returning the money to you but i will not rob you of the pleasure of making an honest man happy you will however observe that it is this once only i indulge you and that you are the only person from whom i have ever suffered my family for such i esteem all placed by providence under my protection to receive an obligation tis a favour i have refused even to your father do not answer this i shall possibly be with you before a letter could reach me adieu your affectionate belmont can i after this letter my dear mordaunt entertain a wish for lady julia without the blackest ingratitude no though i will not accept his generous offer i can never forget he has made it i will leave belmont i will forget her what have i said forget her i must first lose all sense of my own being am i born to know every species of misery i have this moment received a second letter from the lady i once mentioned to you filled with the softest and most affectionating expressions of disinterested tenderness indiscreet from excess of affection she adjures me to meet her one moment in the rustic temple where she is waiting for me her messenger is gone and as i will not have exposing her by sending my servant i have no choice left but to go heaven knows how unwillingly should we be seen what an appearance would such a meeting have i left lady julia to write letters and on that account excused myself from attending her yet can i leave her whom love alone has made imprudent to the consequence of her indiscretion and the wild sallies of a mind torn by disappointment and despair i will go but how shall i behold her how tell her pity is all i can return to so generous a passion these trials are too great for a heart like mine tender sympathetic compassionate and softened by the sense of its own sufferings i shall expire with regret and confusion at her sight farewell h mandeville end of section seven recording by ellie august two thousand and nine